Hi, I'm Dan. I'm here with G, and this is the Wrong Football NFL Podcast. I thought we were talking about tiddlywinks. Here is wrong. This is the wrong football uh, NFL podcast. Don't worry, we're not talking about Tiddlywinks this week. Um, <laughs> as much as G might want sure? to. Are you sure? Are you really sure that the for the Dolphins fan and the Bengals fan want to talk American football this week? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not it's not been the best week for us. I'll, I'll grant you, but uh, yeah, let's keep on topic. I suppose other people might uh, might think things have uh, taken a bit of a turn. How are you doing, G? It's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken. Yeah, um, I, I'm doing better in myself in terms of health, and I, I'm no longer ill, and I, you know, sort of officially don't have COVID, which is always nice to know. Always positive. Uh, yeah, but, um, obviously, or been negative. a tough weekend, yes. and uh, and trying to get caught up. Um, how's things with you? Yeah, all right, mate. All right, all uh, all good. All keeping well on the home front. So uh, yeah, just been enjoying some football. We should probably talk about some, I suppose. We we can do that very thing with games <laughs> rapidly um, herring into view as it's a particularly special Thursday. Absolutely yes, yeah. Thanksgiving this week, so uh, yeah, we've got a few uh, few games uh, earlier than uh, the normal this week. So uh, yeah, we'll get onto those in a little bit. Um, so let's have a look at the news first of all. Then the uh, the the first piece of news that uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about is, is I think it's new to you from from what we were just just mentioning before we started uh, recording. Um, it has been announced a week so, uh, for, for a week or so, but obviously we didn't uh, didn't have a recording last week, so. Um, the Super Bowl halftime uh, act has been has been announced, and it's. Uh, I hope you're sitting down, Jay, because it's a big one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have completely missed this in in my yeah, in my ill stupor. I, I thought I was relatively up on NFL news, but this one passed me by completely. Yeah, it's not. It's not actually that big. It's the weekend. Any ideas? Because I don't. <laughs> no, honestly, nothing. Just like literally nothing. I yep, mean, that's a terrible name for a band. Except that all band names are terrible. Um, so I, when you I first to hear them. I did a little a little um, research. There's there's one song that I think I've heard in the background of something that might be a car advert. I'm not sure. That's about as much as I know. I can't say. I'm it feels a long it. way from Jay Z being brought on as a consultant to help um, uh, to help the NFL, uh, you know, sort of publicise itself. And, and I could be wrong, but this just 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 feels like who and, and distinctly. I am distinctly whelmed. Do you know what? I, I was having this conversation with uh, with, with uh, Matt Cullen on on Twitter on Saturday night. I think it was. They had a real. There was a real good run of of between 2006-2010 they had Bruce Springsteen Prince Tom Petty Who the Rolling Stones ever since then I've not enjoyed a single one really that's since 2010 I see. I, I I can certainly see why a certain demographic is looking at and going. That doesn't represent me, as it is all you know, like old white men. Yeah, um, well, so yeah, fair point. I can certainly see that was um, freshing it up. I, I mean, I, I'm now like, guess I can guess it myself because I can't remember the year Prince did it and whether he was in your list or not because he, he was. was spectacular. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it was, he was probably one of my favourites. Him doing uh, 
purple rain while it's absolutely hammering it down with rain in the middle of Miami wearing an aqua and, yeah. aqua and orange suit is, uh, yeah. I, mean, I mean much as I would like to petition um, the NFL to have Trivium do the halftime show I'm not sure that um, my metal taste it. in music would would, would, would would definitely sell across everybody but you know no. I think pull, pull harder on your strings of your martyr um, <laughs> would, would just really work great in the middle of the, of, of, of the, of the Super Bowl and you know you I, the, I was impressed with Lady Gaga Yes, I remember, I remember you being impressed with Lady Gaga. To be fair, that was—I think—that was the year I was having surgery. I didn't see it live. I, I had to go back and watch it afterwards. But yeah, it, it's yeah. I'm just—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm very underwhelmed, and, and again, and I, I'm not really expecting much. I'll probably turn over and see what else is on, but probably won't be. Anything. I mean, let's be honest. Can it be worse than Maroon Red? Well, or probably, Maroon Five, Maroon even Maroon Red. Can we tell that we're well out of Gavin's comfort zone when it comes yeah. to music? Maroon Red. We should probably move back to football, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I'm going to somehow, despite being a gigging musician, I'm going to sound less of an idiot talking about American football. <laughs> well, uh, the, another thing that uh, came out—it did come out a couple of weeks ago again—but it, it was it's an interesting point to discuss. Um, Lamar Jackson was in a uh, an interview with Rich Eisen uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he's he, obviously. Lamar Jackson hasn't been quite as um, prolific, shall we say, this year as, as as last. Last year he was absolutely setting the league on fire. Um, he's not been quite as prolific this year, and I think what he's saying, what he's tried to tell Rich Eisen is that, that a lot of that is because defenses seem to be calling their offensive plays and and beating to the, them to the punch on the line. Um, it's interesting. It's it's uh, probably flattering, I suppose, the, the fact that people have done a lot of homework on him. Well, I think this sort of ties in with a conversation we've had a couple of times throughout this season, which is that um, a lot of NFL coaches spent the off-season working out how to stop that defence, and we've not seemed to have the next iteration of the Ravens' offence to, to cope with those adjustments. Now, in fairness to him, part of that is that um, they've lost a Hall of Fame calibre guard, um, and you know they've lost several other players for injuries, so they've not got quite the same players blocking, and they just receiving group it hasn't taken the next step, and so it's just not quite moving on. And you know you're already talking, you're hearing talk of people talking about Kyler Murray now being like the more effective um, rushing QB in the game, and he, to be honest, he has been passing the ball better. But I, I do wonder how much Lamar Jackson would get on better if he had um, DeAndre Hopkins to throw the ball yeah. to. So you know it yeah. is, it's always difficult with this because. Um, um, there's so many moving um, players in, in in an NFL team that it, it's it's hard always to necessarily work out what is um, what is like the player's ability to transcend their environment around them and what is them being a product of their environment. And there's so many interactions that it can be hard. And the interesting thing I'm thinking of, sort of like an overall piece, and it might work into a post tomorrow if I can get my brain into gear, is that when they're talking about um, the NFL being not for long, we're talking about generally talking about you know, being done with players and things moving on. But also, I think if you look at the, the league this year, there's perhaps two teams that you could truly hang your hat on and toss trust maybe yeah. two and a half but the saints obviously have um breeze injured but other than that everybody's so uh, you know there's an awful lot of teams that are seven and three six and four somewhere around there yeah and teams that you think just when you think they're good uh, drop a game or teams that you can't quite believe have won that many games and you, you you're sure that they're going to lose to a better team and suddenly both teams walk out with the same damn record and you have no idea what's going on so <laughs> 
I think the Ravens is in danger of falling too far behind in the AFC um, of playoff spots just because you've got so many seven-win teams and, and they've been w- losing a few games. And this game against the Steelers, I think, could be a real biggie. And they've not exactly had the best preparation. I don't know if you want to delve into that in a new segment or save that for a later a later bit. We can we can touch on it. Yeah, they're uh, they're doing things virtually, aren't they, from uh, due to uh, COVID uh, uh, protocols. Yeah, and it's interesting, but it, it looks like it might be um, another um, cluster, or at least you know they've got um, running backs Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins involved. So you don't know because um, I've not been studying it closely enough, and there's two days to go. But you've got this thing where they're all working virtually, and we've sort of moved on from like the early days when there were a few tests and suddenly there were shutting facilities. And now it feels like the NFL is just like come what may. It sort of tripped me up at the weekend when the surprise, surprise, the Raiders had more COVID problems and had something like eight defensive starters at one point on the sort of high contact list even if they hadn't tested positive now most of them played and they were pretty damn competitive against the Chiefs and, 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 and cut me out but it does feel like we've moved into a new reality and as much as they sort of announced they're moving into sort of like the, the, the high alert zone or whatever they said recently because of the upping numbers in the community but it does sort of feel like now we're to the point where they're getting everything virtual and we're just going to get games come what may so we shall see how that functions over um, Thanksgiving and, and the next couple of weeks particularly as you know I wonder what travelling and gatherings happen though through the Thanksgiving holiday what effect that has on Covid in um, American communities well we shall certainly we shall uh, have to say shall we um, shall we take a look at uh, last week's games yeah let's roll into last week's games before we start worrying about next week's <laughs> Okay, so uh, yeah, week uh, week 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 eleven was it week eleven? It was week eleven, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was week now, eleven. I'm, I'm losing track completely. Uh, in the books now, so we uh, started on Thursday night was uh, the Arizona Cardinals and the Seahawks. Seahawks back to uh, winning ways, and they're now they're now ten and one on Thursday night since uh, since 2010. Uh, they won this one 28 points to 21. Uh, you could, I mean. That division, that NFC West. I don't know if you've 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 had a look at the, uh, the 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 table there, but you could quite conceivably see three teams from the NFC West making the playoffs this year: Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. Yeah, and even the 49ers have an injury list as long as your arm and, and, and are still putting forth credible performances. Um, this was a a telling game in that the um, Seahawks managed to put a defensive effort together, and also very obviously had got some kind of run pass balance and clearly were committing to the run even if they weren't necessarily um sort of trying to base their offense on it but they were definitely i think had sort of seen the results that uh that had happened with um russell wilson having to sort of press as hard as he was and that it felt like a although it was a less spectacular performance perhaps a more solid one and they were able to um run out if not easy winners look you know, pretty good against the Cardinals team who um, have been playing very well recently. Yeah, they certainly have. Certainly have. Um, moving on to uh, on Sunday night, the uh, Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. This one needed uh, overtime to separate the uh, the teams after uh, Justin Tucker kicked a 29-yarder uh, to level it uh, in the dying seconds. Um, Derek Henry ran in an equally distance touchdown uh, to win it, though, for the Titans in overtime. It was 30 points to 24 in the end. Yeah, I mean... This is one of the games I was talking about. The the, the, the Titans, uh, yeah. you know, had an odd wob- wobble, and I find them a slightly hard team to to work out as they've lost a couple of bad I, ones I on the road I can't, and I can't pick to the them Bengals. I can't pick them. At yeah, the no, absolutely. But 
they keep getting these good results. I mean, I always expect them to be competitive, but I'm never quite sure what I'm getting. And the Ravens are just feel like they're a bit out of sync. So it, it, this is very much in those bubble of teams that you're not quite sure of what's happening one week to the next. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 a very strange one to uh, to pick. Certainly for our uh, picking competition, I'll be interested to see what I've uh, what I've done over the last few weeks in terms of the Titans. But uh, yeah, you never never quite know which which teams turning up, especially with obviously all the all the, the um, COVID issues they had a few weeks ago as well. Yeah, and but but they start, started off five and zero and were really convincing, and then yeah. sort of have been on this up and down ever since. Mm, yeah, absolutely, very strange, very strange. Uh, well, the uh, the Panthers laid a goose egg on uh, Detroit this week as well. They're uh, their first since two thousand and fourteen. Uh, it was twenty points to zero uh, to the Carolina Panthers. First half was uh, it was quite a competitive game, uh, but a touchdown, and a couple of field goals in the uh, the second half saw this one uh, finish twenty points to zero uh, in the favour of the Panthers. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if you how much of, of my of my weekend post you read, but it just I feel particularly vindicated when I'm talking about um, the problems of Matt Patricia's reign in, the, in yeah. Detroit, and yeah, no, the fact that this feels like a franchise marking time until they change things in the off season and losing twenty nil to the for what were um, a free win football team before that game just sort of kind of. I think highlights the problems that, that are very much there because yeah. Detroit finally get the win and immediately let down the next game. Yeah, and as uh, as Jack says, the Lions uh, don't deserve nice things. So, uh, <laughs> they're, they're well, it's just them. a curious one because their ownership hires people and sort of gets out their way and lets them run the team. It's just they don't seem to be able to pick the right people. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Um, so the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, Cleveland Browns um, in your your weekly uh, this is your uh, weekly reminder that the, uh, the the NFC East is terrible. Uh, the Eagles actually is, are still top of the uh, division despite now being three six and one. Uh, they beat the uh, they they got beaten by the uh, the Cleveland Browns twenty two points to seventeen. Uh, Browns had uh, Olivia Vernon uh, got himself three sacks uh, for the Browns including a safety. G nice uh, nice little safety for you. Um, and now. All of the teams in the NFC East are tied on three wins. It's, it's literally that tie um, that is uh, that is keeping the uh, the Eagles at the top of the division. And, and I feel responsible because the Bengals should. are on the other half you of should. that one. Yes, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> but but I mean, uh, the Eagles are like broken. Like they've yeah. broken Carson yeah, they Wentz. Yeah. But it's just unfathomable to me that they won the Super Bowl. So few yeah, years recently. ago yeah. with this head coach and look so lost in this division and oh I mean we'll cover the rest of them but you know this comes as no surprise that um, they lost to the Browns I was as much as anything thing going into this weekend I thought it showed how much faith I have in the new Browns regime even if I don't trust Baker Mayfield as a quarterback that I'd expected them to win and they did yeah 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 well yeah absolutely um Another uh, another NFC. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've got to do this. You've got to talk about them. Another NFC East team uh, that uh, played on Sunday is the Washington Football Team. Uh, yes. They, yeah. They managed to grab themselves a win. Uh, helped in no small part by Joe Burrow uh, in, in, with a season-ending ACL injury. Um, they beat the uh, Bengals twenty points to nine. The, the Bengals are now 0 18 and one in their last nineteen road games. <sighs> right. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. open the floor to you. <laughs> I'm not going to do the huge rant because it's going to be sort of like a rehash of what's gone on before because as much as lots of people are saying we told you so 
the, the offensive line wasn't protecting him well enough. And although that said, he didn't get hit that many times in this first half, and they moved the ball well enough. It was frustrating yeah. that they were moving the ball. They were missed field goal. Burrow trying to do too much in four one, and suddenly we sort of thrown ten points away. And you know the, the Bengals moved the ball much better than Washington in the first half. But once um, Burrow went down, there was an obvious letdown, and that's to be understandable. But um, also, Ryan Finley can't do anything. I, the Bengals are essentially <laughs> going to be unwatchable for the rest of the season because I can't see how they're going to get anything going without Burrow at yeah. quarterback. And the defense hasn't been good. So, yeah, I, I have six terrible games in front of me. I have a nasty feeling. As for Washington, right. uh, I think the thing that I took away most from them, and maybe not most, but the, the, the sort of a headline, I guess, would be a fair way to put it, is that actually, having said how anxious I was watching Alex Smith earlier um, in the season when he first started playing, mm. he seemed... You know, he didn't seem particularly gimpy. He seemed effective. Um, the Was- you know, they have a couple of players. Um, Chase Young looked good, but um, the-, the Bengals offensive line makes lots of people look good, particularly when the quarterback holds the ball for-, for even a little bit of time, yet alone as long as Finley was trying to. And so Washington walk into a third win, possibly slightly fortuitously. And it's not exactly a bold prediction, but... <laughs> If if I see a winner coming out of the East, I think it's going to be the other team we haven't talked about yet, or um, or the Eagles somehow locking yeah. into it. Yeah, well, there's, there's still a few games to go, and, and like I say, they're all they're all tied on three, so uh, <laughs> anything to play for. Who knows? Maybe one of them. Maybe one of them will get up to the uh, the playoffs with five wins. Who knows? Well, the fun bit is that I'm sitting here going, well, you know, with thanks to that draw, they can't all be on free free you know free wins, and that's. You know, not true because Ada are already on three wins. But you know, knowing our luck, somehow one of them will manage to draw, or all three of them will manage to draw. Someone could get into the into the playoffs with double digit losses. Think, I, just think about that for a second. For, I, I'm rooting for like a perfectly tied tied division with all the same number of wins, losses, and a draw. And a draw, yeah. <laughs> Well, the the, uh, the the Texans managed to uh, pick up their uh, their third win of the season this year. Uh, it was twenty seven points to twenty over the New England Patriots, and they actually uh, led this one for uh, for much of the game. Um, it was this is the first time that New England have been been below point five hundred through ten games since the year two thousand. There is something not right in New England. Well, I think it's um, possibly um, your fault for selecting them in the survivor pool this week because we oh, filled two teams like that. Oh, I'll, I'll put them um, again this week. <laughs> you can only pick them once that's oh, how a survivor pool works um, but I, it's just an odd one because um, this game it almost feels like the previous thing that I say about lots of teams um, the Broncos are the ones where they can't seem to get both sides of the ball working at the same time because yeah, suddenly yeah. Cam Newton is throwing 365 yards and losing and yeah. it's just it's a slightly odd one. I've got this game earmarked, I think, for my off t- off-season tape study just because Deshaun Watson, I keep hearing how well he's playing. He threw for over 340 yards and had a passer rating of 121 in this game. So um, I think I'd like to see that against the Patriots' defence. We knew coming into the season, you know, they had a bunch of players um, uh, sort of opt out due to COVID. And it just... Yeah, it, it's a strangely up and down odd season, and I'm sort of yeah, I, I sort of need to see this one to get a feel for what's going on. But yeah, it's clear that um, 
I think it's too harsh to judge Belichick and say, oh, it was all Brady, because that's people trying to just do the simple narrative. Ah, oh, they're both in separate places. You know, you know, which one was the secret to Patriots' success? But um, it's been a very challenging season with one thing for, and another, and yeah. um, clearly losing to the Texans was not in the plan. I could have done with this one uh, being a tie, really, because I obviously, obviously don't want the Patriots to win because... Patriots, um, and yeah. the Tex- we're obviously we've got the uh, Texans first uh, first round uh, draft pick this year. So uh, yeah, I see. Could... So you want them as bad as possible. Well, uh, I'm yeah, afraid that, that's why I wanted Adam Gase to go there. Yeah, and they've already vaulted um, the Bengals with that yeah, third win. I know, I know. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah, well, um, the Green Bay Packers and the Indianapolis Colts uh, met on Sunday night in a really good game. Um, both these teams are now on 7-3 and three for the season. Um, it was another one that saw overtime, a 39-yard uh, uh, winning field goal from uh, rookie Rodrigo Bl- uh, Blank- Blankenship. Am I pronouncing that right? Rodrigo Blankenship. Uh, sorry, yeah, a, a win, 34 points to 31 uh, to the Indianapolis Colts. Am I pronouncing that right, do you think? I, I don't know because I've seen the highlights only. I wanted to watch this game, just ran out of time. Good game, and, I watched uh, it. It was really good. Yeah, and it's a strange one for me because this is like the archetypal of when I was talking about one team dropping games when you weren't necessarily expecting it and same with the Colts. I've not been totally convinced by Rivers running that offence, but the Colts keep doing enough to win and the defence is clearly good because the Packers' um, offence has been really, really good this season, but just every now and again they seem to have a blip and you don't quite expect it of um, Aaron Rodgers, but there was an mm. interception and, and it's just... It's just hard to totally have your faith in either side. I think, you know, they're better than a lot of teams, but, um, yeah, we, do, we don't have a lot of reliable banking teams, I don't think, this, this no, season. we don't this Or at least year. that's how it seems to me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. There's, there's, normally there seems to be two or three that you can kind of hang your hat on, but which is the term I think we've used far too much this, this episode, but there's normally two or three that you can, you can count, kind of count on for a win, but... This year, yeah, you're really struggling. One thing that has been uh, been that you can kind of uh, count on is the yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they're the the final undefeated team in the league. They yeah they they uh, are now ten and zero, and it's the first time they've ever been ten and zero in their uh, in their history. This week they played the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They won uh, by twenty seven points to three. Uh, things aren't looking good for Jacksonville, um, although they're they're now obviously in a prime position for uh, a decent draft pick next year. It's uh, it isn't looking good for them, is it? No, and sort of like that little blip of hope at the start of the season has yeah. been thoroughly extinguished. Um, in fairness, they're, they're sort of trying to find out what they've got in two sixth round quarterbacks. So, you know, if they've got the chance to pick Trevor Lawrence, you'd suspect that um, they might go for that. What yeah. would concern me is the infrastructure around him, and this is always the problems. You end up with something like the Bengals, where they haven't got the offensive line, and you, your quarterback just takes too many hits. And it's sort of like the success of the Dolphins up until this week, and we'll talk about that in a minute, was that they had more of the surrounding cast around them. So it feels like there needs to be a clean break. Obviously, they moved on from Coughlin, but we've still got the same GM and coach, and it just feels like Jacksonville need another rebuild, which just, it's not that long ago since they won a won a playoff game and, you know, we're, we're heading to the championship in, in the AFC, and it's just, it's just come apart so quickly. But then yeah. you look at sort of Leonard Fournette, not doing great in another scene. Jaden Ramsey is playing brilliantly, but for a completely different team. And it just, it, it's an oddly run franchise, mm. or if that's how it feels, it was externally not as a Jaguars fan. I'm, I'm sure that Jags fans wouldn't particularly disagree with us. It does. No, absolutely. 
absolutely meanwhile um, um, the Steelers are sort of like almost the model franchise and stability Mike Tomlin's done a good job uh, for a number of years perhaps even more so when you look at the full fallout in recent seasons of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and it feels yeah. like you know it's wide receiver you there at the moment they just keep finding um, good ones and as long as um, Ben Roethlisberger arms, arm doesn't fall off in the second half of the season I, I guess they're going to be a challenge in the playoffs well yeah absolutely I think, you, I think they're, they're going to they're going to be up there, aren't they? They're, they're, I wouldn't want to bet against them with anyone this no, year. No, absolutely. Um, despite uh, no Drew Brees, who's uh, suffering from a collapsed lung, which sounds horrendously painful, it reminds me of, you know, when you... Have you to... heard how many broken ribs he had? Uh, no, a lot. I don't know how many it was. Eleven. Oh, Eleven broken ribs. Can you imagine how much how painful that would be? Yeah, he was talking about, you know, his body is seized up. He couldn't move, he couldn't throw, he couldn't expletive, now deleted because I'm a bad Gavin and I've just created more edit for my friends and I apologise. But yeah, um, just, ah, oh, it doesn't bear thinking about it. So Taysom Hill came in and did a sort of um, a yeoman's job. Is that a fair fair work? I mean, he ran the ball a bit, yeah. scored a couple of touchdowns, did enough, um, threw the ball a fair amount to Michael Thomas, who finally looked like Michael Thomas. Yeah, and, yes. um, yeah. And, and they beat the Falcons fairly comfortably in the end. Yeah, it was twenty twenty four points to nine in the end. This one, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. They 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 finished their score in two thirds of the way through into the second quarter. But uh, yeah, they, well, yeah, what the I quite liked was the idea that I, I'd heard floated that um, part of this was um, Sean Payton essentially proving that he could with Taysom Hill, even though he's got James Winston you know signed to the squad as well it's like you know Possibly, he wants yeah. to see what he can do and you know he did pay Taysom the money but yeah an interesting one certainly mm. well the uh, the final NFC East team um, who, who saw this one coming the uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys uh, beat the Vikings by 31 points to 28 um, Andy Dalton was back on the centre uh, it was a uh, yeah. There were some uh, big games from uh, Darwin Cook and uh, Adam Thielen on the uh, on the, the purple side of the field, uh, but uh, they couldn't save this one for uh, for Minnesota. Twenty eight thirty one. I felt like I was having an outer body of experience yesterday checking out the NFL site, and you'll you'll understand this in a moment because the headline that I saw, believe it or not, was all about. Uh, Mike McCarthy and watermelons. Did you see this? I saw that. Article? Yeah, he was smashing, smashing watermelons after the game or something. I, no, yeah. no, before the game, before in the, the build-up with a sledgehammer, trying to emphasize the points because he was apologizing to the team because he didn't think he emphasized it enough. So he had like watermelons with like each important point and was literally taking a sledgehammer and smashing them. And like the final one was stopping Dalvin Cook and one of the defensive players was leaping up like, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. And I'm sitting there thinking, these franchises are worth billions of pounds and this is the motivation yeah, that the we've motivation got going on. This is the highly advanced tactics. Tactics is somebody smashing watermelons with a sledgehammer um get but clearly it works so sh- I, I know nothing and, and maybe i should be talk to my boss about how to motivate us going forward um but <laughs> if you're going to work with a load of motor, load of uh, watermelons we'll know what's happening yeah this is is high cpu usage smash um sorry i've just derailed the podcast Arr. completely <laughs> <laughs> but it just just going back to the, the, the comments about never knowing quite what you've got you know the vikings um must have felt good coming to this game mm. um they'd won a few games davin cook was playing brilliantly andy dalton had been struggling but you know the cowboys shifted their o-line a little bit and managed to find something and 
as bizarre as it is, they are in a chance with winning this this team. I actually think the best team of a team that I've liked the form of previous coming into this might stand a chance and have a nice easy game against the Bengals next week and the Giants. But um, I guess maybe we can't ignore the Cowboys now. I mean, I well, at least until next week when we have to watch more games and comment yeah. on them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs played the uh, the Vegas Raiders Sunday night. Um, Chiefs avenged their, uh, their only loss uh, from earlier in this season uh, by winning this one by 35 points to 31. It was a very close game though, good high scoring game. Chiefs are now 30-4 to four versus their, uh, their AFC West counterparts since 2005. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocking. Um, Patrick Mahomes through his second interception yes, and the is. second one to the Raiders. But um, it kind of feels like he has plot armor at the moment. Um, it's a, you know, that thing you get in action movies and, and computer games where, where the hero survives a hail of bullets. Um, or, or it's a little bit like Terminator and just it doesn't matter what you do. You know that at the end of the game, if Patrick Mahomes has the ball, he's coming and he's going to get the points yeah. to win. Um, yeah. And it really felt like that. Um, the Raiders made this a good competitive game and stayed with them all the while but it, it, it sort of came down to the fact that um, Mahomes had the ball at the end and him and Andy Reid I think are going to be a fearsome combination for 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 a long time and oh that's not really shocks we've been saying that now for like two and a half seasons yeah. but um, it, it's just incredibly impressive it really is it really is Patrick Mahomes is something else when you uh, when you think about it and he's so he's so young and so early into his career as well yeah, no. Um, he be could be looking eyeing up some records special. for a while if he can, if he can maintain this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, they might not be able to uh, beat anyone else, but or, or not many people other uh, other teams. But the uh, Broncos are now three and O versus AFC East teams this year. Um, they beat the uh, the Dolphins on Sunday, twenty points to thirteen. They're, they're they're interesting fact. They're one and six against people outside of the AFC East, the uh, Broncos. Hmm. But they but they beat every, beat. Uh, Three of the four teams out the AFC East. Um, Tua was uh, benched in the fourth quarter uh, due to what uh, B Flow calls uh, performance issues, which I can I can see. Um, it wasn't the best, uh, but at the same time, I kind of think you've got to leave him in in situations like that. He needs to kind of learn. Um, uh, I don't know what, what did you think of the, the the call to put Fitzpatrick in. See, I was sort of my initial plan was to cede my floor to, to to the Dolphins fan to to let you fly. But um, the interesting thing for me, and I've sort of mainly heard analysis rather than and looked at it for myself. But the problem was that that, that Fangio and his his team had, had a sort of like isolated a way to attack Tua, and were basically daring him to keep beating him underneath because they weren't going to give him the long ball because yeah. they knew he wasn't going to throw it. He wasn't, and, that's it. Every call that every, all of the. When you look at what the um, the calls that the offensive coordinator are giving him, they're not giving him any chances to throw to throw deep. All of the plays that we're, that we're playing are, are, are pretty short to medium throws. And you, what you don't know is if that's because that's the stuff he feels comfortable with, maybe. if yeah, he's maybe. got problems running other stuff. And so I think what what Flores and the team are trying to do, as much as anything, is find out what they've got in tour mm. um, whilst staying competitive. And I I, I think, you know, in a game like that, I can absolutely understand the urge to to, to pull the um, Fitz magic button, and you know he nearly pulled off a miracle. He did, he, but yeah, it's, go. yeah, it's 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 a tricky one, but I still feel like in Flores you should trust, and so I do absolutely, yeah. yeah I absolutely. think you you need to um, allow him to to run the franchise as you see fit and go yeah. from there. 
and he's back. Tua's back this week. They've, he's already they've already said he's 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 yeah, still starter. So, so he's still going to be back this, this yeah. week. Yeah, so. I mean it's early days, and also it was a huge injury, and he's still working his way back. So I think yeah. you need to be you know careful about prescribing too much. You know yeah. after you know four games, and he gets to play the Jets this week, so that'll be fun for him. We'll get yes, plenty of, she'll get plenty of uh, plenty of, <laughs> plenty of points off them. Speaking of which, um, indeed, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 final game on uh, Sunday night was the uh, the Jets and the Chargers. It was a uh, massive game from Keenan Allen. Uh, made sixteen receptions, a franchise record for uh, for the Chargers. Chargers won thirty four points to twenty eight. Um, Justin Herbert's really making himself home at, uh, at, at in LA, isn't he? Another another really good game. Yeah, I mean, he's been playing really well. Um, I think if you're coming into this, I was talking about something had to give between the Chargers losing close and the Jets just not being able to to win. Yeah. And the answer was that the Chargers won relatively comfortably. Um, that said, they allowed the Jets to score 28 points, which is uh, uh, not that encouraging. I yeah. think, I mean, Frank Gore is already talking about, you know, he can't go out of this and I, I'm sure he's desperate for a win and, and I, he has my full sympathies, but the Jets seem to be massively dysfunctional. Um, and yeah, Herbert seems to just be almost proving himself. I mean, everybody's trying to trying to say that he's the best quarterback and it's like, you know, he might be having the best opening season, but, you know, we'll, we'll know for certain in five years. And I just wonder what the Chargers' off-season plans will be as um, they're not really going to push for the playoffs, obviously. So no. uh, Herbert's great, but how are they going to build around him and move on going forward, I think, is, is, is what we need to check. And obviously, Keenan Allen is a player with a great deal of talent but um, they've got to learn to to win and win consistently I think is the next step for that franchise and and we shall see how they manage that well, uh, I'll remind everybody again that uh, Adam Gase is still employed um, at the uh, the New York Jets (laughs) which means that they are still in prime (laughs) position to get the first selection in the draft and also um, just to uh, to point out now uh, they're now the first team to be mathematical impossibilities to reach the playoffs so uh, they have been sorry, mathematically sorry, eliminated fans. yes yeah <laughs> for week 10 you're not that sorry are you not in the, not in the slightest um, final game was uh, the Monday night game it was the Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Rams now uh, lead the NFC West after a Monday night win against the Buccaneers it was uh, 27 points to 24 uh, to the Rams it was a game which saw Tom Brady complete a pass to himself and then uh, throw to Mike Evans um, and, which uh, which was you know called for a penalty for obvious reasons. You yeah, can't well, throw two yeah. forward passes. No, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you'd have thought he'd have known that. Uh, and uh, more, I, I, I don't know if I should use the term now. You've uh, now you've you've censored yourself earlier. Um, terrible sportsmanship, shall we say, from Tom Brady as he uh, refused to shake hands again with with another quarterback, Jared Goff, this time. I missed that, but obviously I, I, I suspect there might be, have been a certain amount of frustration in his performance. There were two just bad interceptions um and the bucks are very much that jekyll and hyde where a couple of weeks ago i thought yeah yeah they're really coming around uh the defense is really good and brady seems to be getting somewhere with um uh, and with the players and finding a groove they've brought antonio brown into the mix and i'm not sure that's improved them any and yeah 
okay, they may have laid off the penalties, but the Rams were good. And the Rams' defense, whilst not like one that screams, look at me out of the DVO rankings or anything, uh, you have two corner pieces that are playing really well and they're doing a job. And what surprised me was that I thought that the Bucks were going to run away with this one because Andrew Whitworth going down injured, I thought was a huge loss for the Rams' yes, defensive line. Yeah. And they managed that surprisingly well against a Bucks defense who's known for lots of blitzing and, and I like type top bowls a lot as a coordinator and I think he's very much one of those guys who should get a second shot at a franchise that isn't the Jets to find out just how good a head coach he can be but you know the, the Bucks couldn't get Goff completely out of the rhythm you know he threw an interception and, and there were some bad moments but they were very um they were able to move the ball consistently even if they couldn't run the ball and and there was enough of a threat of, of play action from run that um they did pretty well and the, the Rams the Rams are a good team then they're, they're maybe not in that top echelon but they're right there below them and competitive with anyone it, particularly if um Goff has a, a little bit of time hey Dan it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley and I think everyone out there ought to know about your podcast the wrong football on iTunes right it's trivia time so uh, we've uh, we've not done this for a couple of weeks so it's uh, I've had a I've had a question saved up for a couple of weeks for you. Oh uh, no, <laughs> that that doesn't bode well. I've actually I've actually got two. One one I only sort of noticed tonight, and one doesn't. And the second one doesn't really count. Um, it's more of a an interesting point. Um, so the question from me: You mentioned last time that we uh, that we we recorded that uh, the Chargers uh, are losing a lot of close games, but since two thousand and six. How many of their games have they lost by one possession or less? That's 235 games. uh, 235 games. How many have they lost by one possession or less? Oh, See, that's really interesting because I I feel like I've talked about this not just this season but a lot over the years when Philip Rivers was there. But now I'm having to put my money where my mouth is. I'm (laughs) going to say 107. You've, you've overegged them. You've 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 overegged them a little bit. Seventy-two, thirty-one percent of games lost by by. Uh, you know by, what? My initial thought was eighty, and then I was was thinking that maybe you were going for a stronger, a stronger one. But okay, fair enough. My other uh, my other one is not not so much a uh, a, well, a question. I, I can yeah. I can word it as a question, right? Okay. I've been giving Daniel Jones a lot of stick this year um, for mm-hmm. being a terrible quarterback. Um, yes. 2020 interceptions. Who's got most? Daniel Jones or Tom Brady? I think it's Tom Brady. Trick question. They're both on nine. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoyed that stat a lot, didn't you? I did. Yes, I did. I saw that literally as I was waiting for us to record this evening. I thought, oh, I'm going to slip that in. <laughs> So we right, we have, as we know, it is Thanksgiving week, and as is traditional, we have games um, hosted by the Lions and the Cowboys. This yeah. will be the eighty-first game that the Lions have played on Thanksgiving. How many of those games have they won? And I'll give you oh, an answer oh. within two. Uh, Twenty-eight. I think it's low. Be- believe it or not, it's a lot closer to evens than I thought. Oh, it's right, actually okay. 37. They are 37, Ooh. 41 and 2. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought be, I, I've I, got a follow-up bonus just just to, just 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 to make you you feel not too bad about uh, so about their recent record and, and losing. When did they last win on Thanksgiving? 
2014. See, you're being harsh. It was 2016 against the Vikings. I was going to say that as well. I nearly said 16. <laughs> Changed my mind. <laughs> Right, let's have a look at week twelve then. We've uh, like uh, we've we've said a couple of times now. It's uh, it's because it's it's Thanksgiving week this week. We've got uh, three games. Well, I say three games Thursday night. Technically, two games Thursday night. One in the early hours of, uh, of Friday. Um, mm-hmm. and so uh, and then and then uh, the rest on on uh, Sunday and Monday. So anything that uh, particularly stands out. I assume you're doing your uh, your annual days off work to watch the Thursday night the, the Thursday games. Uh, I, I am, although I'm spending two days also arranging bits in the house for the, fa- the next phase of extension building. So um, it's, it's not all going to be football related. I think um, we have the delight of the Houston Texans visiting the Detroit Lions and the Washington football team visiting Dallas. But the third game is a bit of a humdinger as we've got um, the Baltimore Ravens yeah. um, visiting the Steelers, assuming that does go ahead and the um, Ravens can find enough running backs to play that game. Yeah, they could um, won that. Yeah, casting our eyes um, forward to the weekend, um, I think the one... <sighs> It's a bit of an odd week to pick ones out. Cause, I mean, the Chiefs-Bucks looks to be a good game. Yeah. But I kind of fancy the Chiefs to, 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 to win, given the Bucks' recent performances. But they could certainly spring a surprise. Um, the 49ers versus the Rams could be tasty, except obviously we know how injured the Rams are. Yeah. Uh, Titans-Colts actually is the other game that leaps off, off the page. Um, otherwise, I mean... <sighs> The New York Giants, Bengals, I'm going to be more interested in what the Giants do than the Bengals, where I have a nasty feeling, and just yeah, how can bad imagine. can it get with Ryan Finley? Um, Jets, Dolphins, um, Browns, Jags, I mean, Raiders, Falcons, it, I well, mean, that one might get a little bit competitive if he's got division rivals. I mean, the Monday, Monday sort of like Sunday night game is the Bears, um, Green Bay, and then you've got Seattle versus the Eagles as the Monday night game, which I'm sure looked great before the season, but right now, um, I suppose you know you can't discount one-sided. the Eagles, but it, it, it yeah, it, it's not a slate of games that is particularly firing up my soul. I have to confess. No. Well, we're going to turn things up slightly because you, I know, I know how much you you dislike your uh, bold prediction. We're going to change it up slightly. You've got two. You've got two choices. Either you can mm-hmm. pick. You can pick the shock of the week. So which team has uh, is is might might be in for a uh, for for a shock victory. Uh, or you can, because it is technically today on Tuesday as we record this, Ryan Fitzpatrick's birthday. You can sing him happy birthday. <laughs> Can't I do both? <laughs> Feel free. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, see, I the reason I struggle with these bold predictions, particularly I think this season, is it's hard to be bold when you have no idea what anybody's doing. Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? And yeah. sort of, you know, states, the Saints are starting Taysom Hill. So would it be a surprise if the Broncos were competitive at home? Um, I would say so. I wouldn't be that out there for the Bucks to beat the Chiefs, but um, I can't, I just can't pull the, pl- the trigger on it. Um, shock, 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 shock. Okay. Here's shocking. Come on then. The Eagles will beat the Seahawks. That is a shock. Do I believe it though? I could I see it know. happening. <laughs> it just feel does it not feel like with like given all the things and what we're saying that Monday night suddenly the Eagles might be semi competent. 
They could be. They could be. We shall have to wait and see. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Fitzmagic. Happy birthday to you. Beautiful. Well, that's it for this week's episode. We'll be uh, back again next week. Hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you have, please be sure to give us a rating, a review, and subscribe to us through whatever medium you procure your podcasts so that you don't miss out on anything each and every week. Uh, I mentioned a few weeks ago, that, well, pretty much mentioned every week now, that we're uh, we're now on uh, more platforms than ever before, like things like Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Breaker, that kind of thing. So we do need to start building up some, uh, some ratings on there. If you could uh, leave us a review and subscribe through there, that would be fantastic. Uh, if you've got something to say or you want to get in touch, uh, it's at TWF Dan to get hold of me on Twitter and G is at Wrong Football. In the meantime, keep your eyes peeled for more on thewrongfootball.com for more from me and G. And we'll see you again soon. Bye. <laughs>